0: Snap Production.
1: Today's guest is an Australian TV superstar. He is a natural entertainer who made his name as a game show host and continues to host the most popular game show on Australian TV along with The Morning Show. I've done some great shows, but I've done many more horrible shows. Hi, I'm Charlie Albone, and in partnership with Still on this episode of That's How We Grow, I'll be catching up with none other than Larry Emder. I've used shipping containers in a few garden designs, and Larry used to live in a home made from shipping containers. I can't cool it, I can't heat
0: it. <laughs> I can't get the mozzies out. Yep. I can't. But driving down the
1: driveway, you just go, wow. "Oh my gosh!" Larry, thank you for joining us today. Hello, Charlie. First question is: Who would win in a dance battle between you and me, seeing as we've both done dancing with the stars? Well, I
0: think it's—I uh, think it's very clear
1: that it'd be neither you. of us
0: would. <laughs> We would both be on the ground uh, crying like little babies after about 30 seconds going... I can't do this, I can't do this.
1: Were you voted out first? No, I got to uh, fifth place. Did you? Yes. See, so you beat me because I was actually second. Must I... be
0: very triggering for you looking at me <laughs> going, well, there's a professional
1: dancer. Well, actually, it's strange seeing you with your shirt on because I <laughs> go to the same gym that you have been to and there's a poster of you with no shirt on. So I'm used to working out with you naked next to me, which is a bit weird. Well, because, I mean, if this is a podcast, not like we're on TV. I can, uh, if that makes you feel more comfortable. You can take your clothes off. If you
0: want me to, I would... I would do, because you're a friend. I wouldn't do that for any random podcasty person. No. But if you want me to sit here partially naked, if that <laughs>
1: makes this podcast better for you, then I'll do it. No, we're sun safe here. This is, <laughs> yeah, this is right. a gardening <laughs> podcast. Right. We're sun safe. We've got to, we've got to stay covered up. we got to stay covered up. So you have been working in TV for quite some time. 700 years. How did it all start? I
0: was very bad at school. We lived at Bondi and I loved surfing more than anything. So I would go surfing before school and then <laughs> straight after school, and then sometimes during school, ok. And I was just bad. I, I was terrible. And at some point, the headmaster had called my parents in and said, "Look, school's not for him. Mm-hmm. He's wasting our time. We're wasting his time. Back in the day, it was okay to do that. Like a lot of my friends had left school at sixteen to you could do apprenticeships, yeah, that sort of thing. but was it was different to what it is now. And that was that that was the end of my school. I went into then, uh, what was called the Sun newspaper as an overnight copy boy. And I got a job just basically emptying ashtrays and delivering coffees to journalists. But I worked overnight, which was perfect because I could surf all day. But that was my sort of I was watching journalists work. I was mm-hmm. there for the news cycle and I could see how exciting that was and how interesting that was. One thing led to another and I started writing mm-hmm. some little articles that got picked up at the local newspaper at Bondi. Next minute I was calling myself a journalist. Right. <laughs> Would you still call yourself a journalist? Um, well, it depends who is listening. Oh. If it was just you and me at the pub, I'd go, mate, yeah, I'm a great journalist. If yeah. it's someone like the head of Channel 7 or my co-host Kylie Gillies, I would never say journalist. <laughs> Ever. But I think, you know, look, yeah, yes, am I fulfilling the role of a journalist? Am I interviewing people? Yes. Am I researching stories? Am I getting to the bottom of the truth about mm-hmm. the latest Kardashian affair? Yes. <laughs> You're a journalist, so there are parts of what I do, and uh, there's some weird distinction between reporter and journalist, I suppose. Mm. But back in the day, when I ended up on Channel 7 News as a reporter, I think my business card did say journalist. Wow, uh, I said, said reporter at first, but I went to office
1: works and had some Scratched journalists it out, and I, I think maybe maybe I put the word senior journalist. I, yeah, I can't nice. remember nice. exactly. So, how did you go from journalist to game show host extraordinaire? Yeah, it's a bit of a twist. Hey, uh. um. I was a reasonable reporter. I was not a bad storyteller.
0: Uh I love telling yarns and I love telling fun stories. But occasionally, because you're in the newsroom, sometimes I'd get the fun stories and sometimes I get the serious stories. And what I do when I'm trying to be serious is I have a nervous smile, which works out really well for game shows. Yes. And the morning show. Uh Uh-huh. And the chase. But doesn't work out well for live news crosses to serious stories. Uh Uh-huh. So I'd be uh, on the news, they'd cross to me live at a triple fatal car accident. And, and I'm just not sort of like it a. It's not a big Lunar Park smile, but it's like, a, you know, just when I get nervous. Yeah. Um. The corners of my mouth turn up, so it looks and like. Is it
1: one of those things that gets worse the more you think about it? I think so. Yeah. I
0: think so. so I'm probably doing Not it. ideal. I'm probably doing it now. <laughs> yeah. So the news boss pulled me in after a, a particularly horrible car accident where I didn't realize, but I, I looked like I was smiling. Yeah as I was reporting on this car accident. and he said "Emda you're a wanker." He said you'll never you'll never be a good journo because you've got a stupid face. He said but you'll be you'll either sell Amway yep. or you'll be a game show host. And then what happened then? I went from Channel 7 News to a show called Good Morning Australia on Channel 10 which was sort of the morning show equivalent. Okay. Way back in the day hosted by So were
1: you fired from 7?
0: No, no, no! There's I was just hanging that, in there, Okay. but I'd, I had made my way to the end of the news. I, I'd become the what I call the dog reporter at yeah. the end of the news. <laughs> but it suited me just fine, Charlie. Yeah. It was my it matched my personality. I wanted to tell good stories. Wanted to make people happy. I didn't want to do the tough stuff up the top of the news. Yeah, someone at Channel Ten had seen what I was doing, and they invited me over to join Good Morning Australia as a features reporter. So I was a roving reporter travelling all over the world doing colour stories. Then in 1988, an American guy came out to run Channel 10 and his idea was to turn the whole network into a game show network, right, which right. was had been a successful model somewhere in America. So everyone in the network got a game show, basically. Yeah. It was like Oprah handing out cars. <laughs> it was like, you get a game show, you get... And they'd run out a host, basically. Everyone got one. <laughs> and I was this happy-go-lucky reporter yeah. on Good Morning Australia. So I auditioned for a show called Family Double Dare, Mm -hmm. and I got it, and that was my first game show.
1: Wow. And now you're doing The Chase. Yeah, yeah. Which is a great show, I must say. Thank
0: you. It's a terrific show. But it's scary for me too because, as I said, you know, I was out of school very early, so I don't have any other languages. (laughs) My reading of English is bad enough, let alone the Latin words and the Chinese words and the Greek words. uh, So Chase, for me at this time in my life, I wasn't considering anything like this at all when it had come up, but I'm
1: really enjoying it. It's a great show. I love to play along at home. How do you I'm go? So. Occasionally I go, okay. But it's different when you're sitting at home, isn't it? Like if I was sure. up there and you were asking me the questions, I'd have a blank, I think.
0: We have to get you in for the next celebrity round.
1: Yes. We, we're crossing over like we're doing a dancing
0: uh, chase hybrid. <laughs> so you dance on. So tap on. Tap on, cha-cha okay. off.
1: Um, mm. And you have a love of properties, don't you? <clears throat> yes. Yeah.
0: So I worked out very early on in my career that I couldn't rely on TV at all. I've been around for a long time, and during that time, I've been—I've become the most axed man on television. <laughs> Seriously, do you have that on a
1: business card? No, now? <laughs> I do.
0: I, it's on my CV, and I, I'm sort of proud of that. Like I wear that quite because mm-hmm. well, I'm still here. Yes. If I wasn't here, I'd be miserable about yeah. it. Yeah. I've done some great shows, but I've done many more horrible shows. The Family Double Dare, the show I just told you about, went for one episode. One. Mm. Wow. So I've signed TV contracts that go for two and three months which was fine when I was young and single yeah, yeah. and living at Bondi and having a great time. But then once you get married, as you know, and the mortgage and the kids, and the, yep. uh, I had to take it all more seriously. But I've signed TV contracts that go for three weeks. So there have been many, many, many times in my life where, you know, it's February and I don't know what's going to be happening in April. What <laughs> I decided to do was to uh, invest in property and yep. I could see that back in the day that that was a wise thing to do. So I did that once or twice and then I thought, oh, well, that's – that's a good thing to do. So I focused heavily on that. Mm-hmm. And that was a long time ago. So you yes. know, we're talking 40 years ago. You know, it's been a bumpy ride for yep. sure. But I, you know, I love I love property. I love property. Do
1: you so, look for something specific when you're looking for property? Um, I used to. I used to, it was around Bondi. Because I grew up
0: in Bondi, yes. it, was, it was good, right? And properties back then, when I first started with properties, you get anything you wanted in Bondi for a hundred grand. Wow. Like anything along that, can you imagine? Along that yeah. main strip overlooking the beach and now they're, my God, millions and millions yeah. and millions. But they're all sort of. Bondo was a bit grungy then. Mm-hmm. Interest rates were nineteen percent. But I had a job. Um, you needed a five hundred dollar deposit.
1: You know, is that all? So I just yeah yeah yeah,
0: and then five hundred dollar <laughs> holding deposit. Then in three months' time, you might need five grand or something like that. Right. So, I, I think it was easier to get into property than it is now. Yeah. Okay. Nineteen percent interest rates, but the rents were good. You know, like it was. Yeah. It, was it, it made sense. So I focused on that. And I mm-hmm. could see that while TV was going up and down and up and down and down and down and down, I could see the property was going up and there, up. heading in a more northerly direction. Right. So that just increased my appetite for it. Mm-hmm. And then in times when there was no TV, then I could really focus on the property style. Yes. And that's what I've done over the years.
1: And do you look for stuff that needs work or do you look for the finished
0: um, product? So, you know, both. both. I've, I've done some stuff in the last... Say decade has been more had a bit of an appetite for flipping, you know, for getting yes. stuff, fixing it, and but it's only after a while how you knew how to do that. Like yeah. back in the early days when I was just a kid, I didn't really know how to do that, but now you, you know definitely. And and with all those shows, right? You're watching all these shows and going, okay, "I can stop do that." Your bar, I, can, I can go and buy a new kitchen and <laughs> yeah. drill it into the wall and and make um make X amount of money. So fortunately, I grew up in Bondi, so that's been the focus of my interest mm-hmm. and. As anyone in property would know, like Bondi's have exploded. Yes. Like it's actually crazy, crazy what's happening there.
1: And you, so I know this because I've read your book, that you did a paper round and you kept taking papers to one apartment and you finally bought that apartment. Yes. Tell us about that. So
0: um, I did a paper round. It was one of my first jobs. And uh, as a kid, like a little kid, and I'd run up and right at the end of the point at North Bondi, there's this block of flats. Mm-hmm. And I, I would run up these stairs and deliver the newspapers to the front door. And as you got to the front door of this flat, um, sometimes on a Sunday morning it was open. Someone was out in the balcony having a cup of tea. And it was like, it was like looking over Bondi from a helicopter. Yeah. And I, I'll never forget it. Never, mm-hmm. never forget that place and that view. Because I was into my surfing and you could see this. Uh, you'd see North Bondi and South Bondi and see where the tide was coming in. It was just extraordinary. Yeah. Extraordinary view. And then many, many years later, I was surfing at Bondi. I looked up at this block of units and I could see the for sale sign. I was like, i got to have that unit. Yeah. And I got drunk and I bought it.
1: (laughs) You got drunk and you bought uh, it? Well,
0: yes, because my mate took me, went for a surf, and then we uh, had a bottle of wild turkey bourbon on the beach because he said you got to calm down. So I just went up to the unit, no shoes, covered in sand, board shorts, wet hair, the whole thing. But I had a blank check in my back pocket. And uh, at the time, you wouldn't believe at the time it was a record price for Bondi, but you know, hearing the numbers now there's ridiculous, right? Yeah it's ridiculous. Keep in mind, anything in Bondi at the moment was 150 grand for the best best thing, right. But there was um, some guy a very wealthy guy who really wanted this apartment. So he's bidding, and I'm bidding, and he's bidding. He's standing there in his suit. I'm there in my wet boardies and drunk. Yeah, mate, it's mine. I'm gonna get this place. I want to have a party with my mates. You yeah, see the um, surf, yeah, and, and I bought it. St- I still have it. I was there. La- I was staying there last week. We still. It's rented out, right? Um, it's like an upscale Airbnb. It uh-huh. does very very well because it's an incredible spot. Yes, and that's where I go. And whenever it's empty. I'll you go, go there. there, get my mates around, we have a pizza, like the yeah, old days. Yeah, cool. Yeah.
1: And you have a thing for properties in special places, don't you? Because you bought a shipping container house down in the, yeah. in the Southern Highlands or Kangaroo Valley. The Kangaroo Valley. Yeah.
0: With my wife. We've become pretty good, I think, at walking to a place and going, if we go wow, because we've seen a lot of places, if we go wow, then it's a wow place. Yes. Does that make sense? It does. Kangaroo Valley property, we both walked in, it was, it was like nothing we'd ever seen. Yes. It was a... um basically a huge barn that had four shipping container-style cabins attached to the outside. Mm. And we went on instinct with that and we just thought, okay, this will be something very, very special and we haven't yep. seen anything like it. But, yes, you get into it and you go, okay, now, I can't cool it, I can't heat it, <laughs> <laughs> I can't get I the mozzies out, yep. I can't. but driving down the driveway, is go, Wow. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And it was a rental proposition. We we're going to run it as a business. Yes. So we knew from the way it looked, the way it presented, the optics of it, you could put it on Instagram and it just go through the roof. Yes. Because it looked like something right out of the box. Mm. And it was from a very famous architect who's this wonderful, wonderful eclectic guy, and he'd filled it with all kind of bric-a-brac and memorabilia and everything. So it was like being in a design museum. There are a thousand
1: books. So Does that like, come with the property? Yes. Or not? So the sexy sculpture that the Daily Mail the sexy jumped on, was that yours or was that his? No, it was his. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, that was a funny story.
1: Yeah. Right? I, I only saw the headline on the Daily Mail and then like everything we the Daily Mail, just make up the story because you, you can. <laughs> <laughs> well, there was, I, I just did a post about the property, but there was this uh, sculpture
0: of um, of a woman sitting on a guy behind me. Right. And I, I never really – I didn't clock it as a sex sculpture. I just saw some – religious something or something. Uh-huh. I, did, I, know, I should have looked into it, I suppose. Uh, but it was quite prominent and some and Daily Mail had picked it up and then Have You Been Paying Attention picked it up yeah. and then I picked it up and then Daily Mail picked up what I picked up from Have You Been Paying Attention picking it up and it went round and round and round. But it was like hundreds and hundreds of thousands of views and this thing yeah. really, really took off. All over a sex sculpture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I That's should weird. get my – anytime I'm selling a property, I'm going to put a sex sculpture in it now. Sex sells.
1: How much of the garden plays a role in, in- – your property choices? So my
0: wife loves it. My wife loves pottering around. Me, not so much. Only because I've grown up in apartments in Bondi. And so for me, my backyard was always Bondi Beach. Yes. I never was really good in a garden setting. Kangaroo Valley, it was really interesting because immediately around the house, the lawns had to be mowed just to keep critters back and all that sort of stuff. And then it became bush. And when I got there, I was like, okay, we've got to tidy all that up. Mm. And Sylvie went, no, no, no. You want that, that we're in the bush. Yes. I'm like, see, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. It also got me out of gardening. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, so you're telling me that I just mow that bit of the lawn and, then and I this. can leave the rest of that mess? Yeah. And she went, well, it's not mess. It's bush. I'm like, you're right. It's bush. <laughs> That's the sales pitch. <laughs> so, and it was, but it was true because people going
1: to stay there yeah. wanted to, st- it was a bush retreat. That's exactly right. People often get that wrong. You know, when they've got the bush, yes. they try and over tidy yeah. it and it just looks, it doesn't look like the bush and it doesn't look like a garden. So that's right, rubbish.
0: because we would never have been able to get on top of it in a gardening sense. Yes. And then I went down there uh, a couple of months ago we just sold it and went down there a yep. couple of months ago just to sort of finalize everything and I hadn't been for a little while we drove down and just went it's beautiful. Yeah. It's and it's beautiful because it's rough. Yes. There's a wombat over there coming out of the bush and there's Yeah, it's and, amazing. It, yeah. So so I now prefer properties that I don't have to do anything because they look good, natural.
1: <laughs> so that's your angle now, is it? <laughs> is, it is that a cop out? That's yeah, cop that out. is an absolute cop out. <laughs> you, are you interested in like outdoor entertaining spaces? Yeah, or, absolutely, all that sort absolutely. Of stuff? Yeah. So, first thing we did
0: with Kangaroo Valley was to build a huge deck, mm-hmm. huge yoga deck. I called it yoga for the rentals, but it was just this big entertaining thing that sat in the bush. And that was a great add-on. So you talk about adding value because mm-hmm. it, it, it sort of it sat you in the bush and it was a very wonderful place to sit. I like that kind of concept, like how can we make something that's maybe not so accessible accessible yep. and comfortable.
1: And your current property is, again, surrounded by bush but also surrounded by a river.
0: Yes, that's right. That's yeah. right, Baral Waters. So yeah.
1: it's a great spot. Yeah, it's.
0: I don't know if you've spent any time there.
1: I actually did a Selling Houses Australia episode on Barrow Waters. Yeah. So I know the pain of renovating something that is only accessed by boat.
0: It's really, really tricky. Yeah. But worth it. Yeah. This is such a wonderful place. It's so close to Sydney. I'm surprised when we found it. I'd never heard of it, Baral mm-hmm. Waters, and I'm surprised that like, how is this place not so on close. the radar? Yeah. 45, 50 minutes from town and then it's a beautiful boat ride right up the river and that's my favourite bit. Yes. So you up this beautiful river, all national park, mm-hmm. and the house is up there and I, we
1: love it. Yes. I love it. I went to a property uh, in Pitwater owned by Richard Unsworth, who's a landscape designer. Right. He owns garden life in the city. Uh, yeah. And he's got this historical house that you can only get to by boat. Yes. And it's surrounded by bush as well. And he's got trees all in front of him. So you look through the trees to the water. Yeah. And he's kind of playing with that how much of the bush do I clear type yeah, scenario. He's yeah. created a big circle that he, he calls it the fire pit circle, not that you're supposed to have fires out in the bush. You know, that's kind of the area that people will go to, like you yes. were talking about, and then slowly clearing the rest, but only manageable amounts. And it is a
0: toss-up, right? And we, yeah. we've got this now with our new build. Go, okay, we're on the water because we want the water concept and we're in the bush as well. So the, ha- the back of the house is in the bush and the front's in the water. So it's a wonderful setup. Yeah. But same as with Kangaroo Valley, do we, do we clear all that or, or do we keep it like we're, we've got the boat shed concept, but we're in the bush as well?
1: Yeah. So Well it you, depends how you live. You you would live yeah. on the water, right? So That's right. That's where you right. focus. And then
0: doing. there's, you know, the big considerations now, like obvious ones like bushfires and stuff like that now. Yeah. So you do have to be a lot, a lot more comes into play now yeah. than when, say, for instance, we first bought in Kangaroo Valley. After the Royal Commission, the bushfire regulations are very, very strong. Mm. And um because we're we back onto the national park, like we're literally front line. Yeah. So that's a whole new bunch of considerations. Yeah, absolutely. But, but makes it unique
1: and special as well. If someone's trying to get into property, their very first house, where where do you recommend they start?
0: It's, it's just tough now. Yeah. Like, it's just tough. I know people with these, the numbers now the mortgage rates and people who bought four and five years ago and their money's doubled and tripled and it's, it's hearing so many n- nightmares. I think a lot of times you have to come to the realization that you can't buy where you want to live. Mm. I think that's key. I'm talking about you know, my kids and their friends growing up in Bondi in the eastern suburbs. Yes. I think of Sydney. And the, the equivalent in Melbourne and in Queensland, there are suburbs that are expensive suburbs. Yeah. And maybe if you're thinking, okay, I want, you know, my kids are looking at my bachelor pad at Bondi, uh-huh. going, Dad, can we just buy that off you for what you bought it for? <laughs> yeah, sure. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> you know, the, uh, but what I say to them is maybe let's look outside of Sydney, mm-hmm. get on the ladder. Somewhere with good rental returns, yep. and this changes all the time too. The metrics on this change all the time, mm-hmm. so you got to see what's happening currently. But with the high interest rates, people are moving out of the city. Um, there are some good uh, rental returns, regional or even rural. You know, it depends mm-hmm. on what you want to do. But there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong, I think, with going. I'll, I'll buy a small house somewhere I can afford it, where the rent's going to come close to covering it. And then in five to ten years' time, I reassess. But in that, in the meantime, uh, I'm on. I'm on the ladder. On the ladder.
1: Yeah, mm. and how important do you think a good garden makes to a property? Because you're not a gardener, but you said Sylvia is.
0: So most of my most of the original investments were apartments, and that's right. because it was Bondi. Then Did they
1: all have incredible views, though, or looking yeah, out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. they have that connection to nature. Yes, yeah. yes, yeah. yes.
0: That's 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 right. That's yep. exactly right. But as I got further and further into the investing stuff, mm. uh, you realize that it's. It's houses and it's little blocks and it's little backyards and little front yards and little fences. And that's where you can add value. So I think if I was starting fresh now, it's the little houses and the little semis that you can add value to. And that's where people are seeing the biggest returns, I believe.
1: So your deck at the Kangaroo Valley, were you hands on with that or did you get trades in to help? No, I wasn't hands-on with <laughs> that at all. I said, deck there. Um, but it was important. I, I think it was
0: important. Yeah. And we're doing the same with the river build as well. It's just trying to convert outside spaces into usable spaces. Mm-hmm. And that's your thing, right? Yeah, like you You look at an area and go, okay, that's a mess. But you have this vision where you can think, I can see the kids playing there or I can see some fruit growing there or whatever. Yeah. And I think once you get your head around that stuff and you go, okay, all this space I've got here, and I'm not talking about the nice bushland, I'm just talking about areas. Do I see myself sitting in that space? That's it. Having a coffee in the morning or a cocktail at night. Yeah. So when we when we did the deck it, up at the river, the neighbours came through and went, why was this never done? Like such an obvious, True. obvious thing. Yeah. And that's where we'll spend most of the time. Yeah. And it's no, there's no genius move to it. It was just like there's some space that's a beautiful sunrise spot or you know sylvie does her yoga mm-hmm. it's like okay that's that's our our property yep. and it's not being used at the moment and let's make it usable so what's
1: the property look like on the river is it uh is it does it blend into the bush not entirely <laughs> look no is the answer
0: yeah. but i will say this since the bushfire royal commission the building codes in flame zones, not not fire zones, we're in a flame zone. Yeah. The building codes are so, so strict that to build anything from scratch or build anything like we have, it almost can't be pretty. Yeah. You know, we can't build out of timber. We can't build out of anything flammable. So you're left with… Concrete. Concrete and steel. Mm. We've done our best to make that look cool. We think it looks really cool. Yeah. But is it in keeping with the 50-year-old shacks on the river? No. no. But we couldn't have done that. Time's move on, right? You have to... You have we to. couldn't have done it. Like if we said, oh, we want to do a lovely timber shack, we could not have done that. No. With cladding and normal glass and a normal roof. It, yeah. They're not allowed anymore. So anyone who now goes forward to build in that environment, not necessarily on the river, but in a flame zone or a fire zone, will be hit with these restrictions.
1: So what's the... It sits in bush, but it looks out at the river. Is that right? Right. Yeah. So, what's the connection to the to the bush? Is there how the window is orientated? Do you pick up any views? Yes. Have you taken? So you're taking cues from like the Kangaroo Valley house and tried to incorporate. Them yeah. So into we it?
0: tried to get so so the house faces east across the river, mm-hmm. so we get the beautiful sun in the morning, yep. and then the north faces into the national park. Right. So we tried to get as much north into it as we could, just yep. for just for heating and climate stuff. Yes. Um, and we did our best there, but again, with the bushfire requirements, it's like okay, the window's going to be this, and the, every bit of glass has to have a fire shutter. Yes, it's full on. That is full on. Yeah. So we we did what we could, but essentially, it sits on the water, and it's and and it's all glass. So if you behave one, and you stay friends with me, uh, maybe one day you can come up there. But sometimes TV people and podcasty people are nice to you when you're podcasting and TV. Yeah, I, I know. And I'm then they're very not much very like nice that. away I from have, this. I have that. So I'll, I have that about me. Yeah. So I'll give you another couple of months to prove yourself. <laughs> Thanks. And then maybe come up for a glass of, a shake. <laughs> come, for a a shake. Prote- come for morning a protein protein shake. Come for protein
1: shake and some <laughs> yoga with Larry at <laughs> River House. Who else would you invite there? So I was okay. I was super impressed. We were at Perth Telethon uh, not too long ago together, having breakfast yeah. together, like yes. a lovely married couple that we are. Yes. yes. Uh, and up walks the Prime Minister. It says, "Oh, good morning, Larry." Shakes your hand, completely blanked me, and then walked off. <laughs> Is he gonna be there? I don't think so.
0: No? Only because you had floppy hair. You know how your hair's different on TV? Yeah. My hair's the same on TV yeah. and in person. Uh,
1: yes, because he didn't, just didn't recognize the floppy hair. That's why he completely ignored me. <laughs> he want to say good morning. It's it was funny. wasn't funny. We're sitting there having <laughs> eggs on toast,
0: got a mouthful of bacon, and, it, yeah. and the Prime Minister comes up and is like, whoa.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I spat out my bacon. I was like, hello, Your Highness. <laughs> your, your Majesty. All. Good morning, Your Majesty. <laughs> I think you even did a little curtsy. I think yeah. I did. I think yeah. I did. <laughs> yeah. So you've invested heavily in apartments and you said Mm. Sylvie's a bit of a gardener. Do you ever include vertical gardens, pots, or do you just leave your balconies blank?
0: Well, in rental properties, it's difficult doing that stuff because no one's going to look after it. Yeah. Um, but in the new house, and mm. this is where you come in.
1: Okay. This is why I got invited, isn't it, to do some gardening. <laughs> <laughs> no,
0: we definitely want to do it. We've got a huge big wall and we want to do a vertical garden there. Okay. So Sylvie's been mad on sort of Pinterest and YouTube and yep. doing all that. So we will do that because we want to we want to have a – bit of self-sufficiency up there. Yes. Because you are a little bit off-grid, mm. and we, if we do spend a lot of time there, Sylvia has this vision, and I think a lot of people do, this dream of yeah. sort of skipping out to the garden and picking a little bit of this and a little bit so of that. So she wants to
1: green wall with herbs, that kind of thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you can do that. And and she, she will do that, and
0: that will be her little hobby, and she's really looking forward to yep. doing that, so.
1: With a vertical garden, though, there's various different systems. The best one, probably for you, if you're not there, is... Lots of little pots that hang up. You need an irrigation system that runs through. But inevitably, you're going to have to be able to take the plants off to give them maintenance, and it helps to take them off to prune them. So you'll need yes. to look at one of those systems rather than a giant block of soil. Yes. Have you got town water up there? No. That becomes an issue with a vertical garden because okay. they dry out really quickly. Okay. What's the river water like? How clean is that?
0: <laughs> it, well, we're, we're thinking about a salinator. We're, we're good for water. We, okay. we ha- because we don't spend like a lot of time there, and yes. we're mi- we're very mindful of what we're doing there. Mm. So we're you know short showers and so. So we've got um, huge rain last week, so the tanks are full. You know, so we have to yeah. work that out.
1: Well, then I would recommend a combination of succulent type plants mm. and then the herbs. Dotted in there, and then you can alter the irrigation to give the herbs a bit more water and the succulent plants less. So It will always look good, but then you can... Okay, and are there
0: any plants that like salt water?
1: (laughs) No, (laughs) no, not really. (laughs) Moss. (laughs) Can we
0: do moss and seaweed?
1: (laughs) Seaweed, that's it. I'm I'm going to go home
0: and tell my wife that Charlie said all we can grow up there is seaweed and moss.
1: Yeah, she'll love it. (laughs) I'll be up there in no time. That, That will get rid of my invitation to your river house, I'm sure. Right, we have a few community questions. Yes. Some of them might be gardening related, which would be interesting to see if you can answer them. But do you want to answer some questions? Yeah, of course. Okay, brilliant. First question is from Paddy in Melbourne. Which celebrity has the best garden you've ever seen? You would obviously know a lot more people because you know the Prime Minister and everything like that. Well,
0: yeah, we're buddies. Yeah. Um, Many years ago, and some of your listeners may remember Jeff Jantz, who did a cooking show. Do you remember the name? I Jeff don't Jantz? remember Jeff Jantz. He was the famous TV chef in the day. Right. Went down to his place in Barrel, and because he was a chef, he had he had rows and rows of all the things that you took all the yeah. all the veggies and the herbs and the stuff. And we were we were there for dinner, and he just goes off with his basket and picks stuff. And magic. It was show such off. a it's show off. Yeah. right? Yeah. Show off. Show I would off. Uber Eats that stuff so quickly. <laughs> But that I remember that being very special. And I think Sylvie looked at that and went, I want to live this way. And I went, no, you don't. Let's go
1: back to our apartment in Bondi. <laughs> yes. Yeah, because that takes every single day. All right. A question from Alex in Bendigo. If you could only have one, what would you prefer? Either indoor house plants or a small veggie garden?
0: I think I'm going to go with a small veggie garden, I think. Yeah, I think I would as well. Yeah.
1: Final question from Beck in Wagga Wagga. Hi, Charlie. If you were not into the gardening space, what career path would you have taken? I don't know. I've only ever done gardening. Mm, mm, mm. How about you? What would you do? Going right back to the start there when I was telling mm. you about leaving
0: school to surf, Yeah, I seriously considered being a garbo. Did you? Yes. Because I had a mate who was a garbage guy. He'd start at four, finish at nine and he'd surf all day. And, that's and that, like... that to me, that's all I wanted to do. So I could be well, I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you now as a You'd be world famous garbologist. <laughs> but I could. There, there was a chance there I would just drift off into the council system, yeah, and do some sort of early morning shift, so I could just surf all day. That's that. That would have been any, everything for me.
1: If the chase got axed and the morning show didn't happen, like we no longer had any mornings because it's never going to get axed. But if we know never had any mornings, what would you do now?
0: Now, I don't think I'd work. I'm, I'm old. Made him old. I'm, I'm sixty next year. I'm no. old. Yep. Yeah. So I think it's time that I think about retiring.
1: Okay. So back to surfing again.
0: <laughs> back to surfing. Yeah. No, I don't think I, I don't think I'd go and do. I don't think there's much life left. <laughs> You'll find me up the river trying to trying to feed a vertical garden with salt water. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna invent a plant that can take salt water, and I'm gonna make a millions and millions. Well, of Well,
1: there is a type of grass in Dubai that can take salt water, and that's how they weed it. When it gets weeds, they dip salt water and they pour it onto the weeds and it kills the weeds but the grass survives. That's
0: interesting. I don't know what it's called. So I'm going to go go to, where is it? Dubai. Dubai. So I'm going to go to Dubai and get it. Keep your eye out on
1: border security for when I'm coming back through with that. (laughs) Just bring some live fish through as well. (laughs) All right, finally, you post a lot on Instagram. You do a lot of amusing things. Is that part of the entertainer in you? Yes,
0: union? yeah. No, well, no, it's taking the piss. Like, people take <laughs> that Instagram thing so seriously. And I'm like, surely that's not for that. You no. Know? So a lot of the stuff I do on there is taking the mickey out of people who are taking it too seriously. Right. And I get people, you know, take my stuff seriously and comment seriously. I'm like, go, just go. Just go away. Get, 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 you should, <laughs> don't follow me. We don't get on. Yeah. You don't know what I'm doing. You don't understand what I'm doing. Just go away. Watch me on TV for one minute. For 30 seconds and you'll know what I'm doing here.
1: Very similar to your book, I have to say. Your book, I enjoyed reading because I felt like I could put it down and pick it up and find any page and start reading it. You're right. And it would feel comfortable to to read it. It was good. Thank you. As a compliment, is it because it sounded a bit yeah, did it thin? Okay, yeah. let me try again. <laughs> No, no, no. <laughs> yeah. but, but,
0: you know that's me, right? Like I've got, I've got nothing more than that. It was all, it was all in the book, and it's all on Instagram, and what that's that's who I am, and it's what I do. Yeah. So have got no other skill set, nothing else to do but be an idiot.
1: It's a so. good way to live. Be an idiot. <laughs> so I
0: made it, made made a living out of being an well, idiot. Well, people
1: should uh, keep an eye on your Instagram because I'm sure I will be up fixing your vertical garden Verti- soon, and we'll be posting it there.
0: Saltwater vertical garden. It's a thing. <laughs> Thanks, Larry. Thanks, mate.
1: On the next episode of That's How We Grow. I know the shapes of things I want. I know what I want them to do, but then I can kind of work at the horticulture around that. I'll be joined by award-winning garden designer, Miles Baldwin, to chat about all things garden design. You're taking what is a public space, something which, which usually is a little bit clunky, to something much more refined. I'm Charlie Albone. Thanks for listening, and until next time, goodbye.
0: listener